The following podcast has been pre-recorded for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. To another episode of Zemexi, the Mind of Matters. I am your host, Mexican. Currently on the way back from Beantown, hence the victory song. Yes, Mexi is finally among the Mexicans. There's only a few of us that have completed all six majors. Tokyo, Berlin, New York, Chicago, London, and the Boston Marathon. They call it the Boston Marathon, kind of like the Ohio State University. It's important. You know, it's the Super Bowl, the Mecca. My pilgrimage has been complete, and now I'm on my way back. A door, a chapter is over, and another begins as I now pursue the 50 states goal that I set myself. It was, it was a fun it was a fun time. Uh, like I said in the podcast of the buildup towards heading there. Um, I felt like a kid heading to Disney World knowing he was gonna get on the scariest ride. The biggest, scariest ride. It's kind of... You don't know what to expect until you get there. Like, you don't... It doesn't hit you until you arrive. 
But mind you, okay, so I got there Saturday. I was going to try and see if I can get to the expo ahead of time on Saturday, you know, because they open 9 to 6 on Saturday and Sunday. But due to traffic on on 90, I didn't make it on time. So instead, I decided, you know what? Let's go to Hopkinton to see the uh, the starting line. Pay homage there. So I get there, and they have the sign. I wanted to take a picture of that sign. It says, "Welcome to Hopkinton." It all starts here, and it's a map of the area and how the Boston Marathon starts there, and you run up the Boston, run down the Boston. Well, I didn't know that the Athletes Village was not in that square where the starting line is. So I, I kind of wondered, I'm like, well, how are we going to fit 30,000 people here? But anyways, um, it's actually at the high school. Uh, a little bit more on that. So then I kind of scouted the starting line because I wanted to see how, how big the drop was. So the initial drop is kind of steep, but then... It kind of goes uphill after that. So it kind of seems like the rolling hills start right away. Uh, a little bit worrisome to know. Saturday. Decided to then, uh, you know, finally check into the hotel. So I headed back. Uh, my hotel was in between Ma- uh, Foxborough and Mansley, uh, Mansfield. So uh, I drove. And on the way there, I actually stopped. Say hi to Tom Brady's Mecca. Uh, Gillette Stadium. Now, I will say, I'm not a Patriots fan, but I got to respect the Patriots. These fuckers have a mall. Like, it looks like fucking outlet mall in front of the stadium. It's called Patriots Place. It's insane. It's got restaurants. It's got stores. It's got, like, bars. Jesus Lord. I mean, I guess that's what you, that's, that's what you got, you know, when you're five-time Super Bowl champs. So that checked into the hotel. Uh, the hotel was actually part of it was on the reservation. So I actually I had I did not know that my breakfast was not, was not included. And they're like, yeah, the jacuzzi and the pool are closed for renovation. I'm like, come on, I'm running the marathon. I needed a jacuzzi. Oh well, you know, to make up for it, here's free breakfast for three days. I'm like, oh okay, cool. So I got to eat breakfast for free. So then I just basically chilled at the hotel and got up early the next day. The expo opened at 9. So I decided, you know what? As opposed to last time, and I don't know how, and we'll get to how it drove me nuts. Finding out the stupid shit that Lomas Boston would do. But anyways, so I got up, went to South Boston, parked at the harbor, and... uh, it's right next to Castle Island, which I wanted to visit because there was a fort there I wanted to see. So uh, it's actually right at, on Pleasant Bay, and it's got this trail that kind of loops around. So um, the the um, the parking's free. So I parked there, and I and I walked around, you know, the little bay area. Uh, saw the fort. Then I, I I thought, well, okay, the freaking parking is free. 
Whereas downtown Boston, they're gonna charge me like at least 30 bucks to park. So the parking's free. And I'm thinking, okay, it's only about two miles to the freaking expo. So, uh, you know, thinking, oh, maybe it's at the convention center or I'm not sure. So I'm like, you know what? I can just walk it. So I walked it. Turns out the expo is actually by the finish line um, at the other convention center. Apparently there's two on Bolson Street. So I ended up walking about four miles to get there. And you go past the finish line. And I'm like, I don't want to cross it. So you kinda, I kind of went around it, got my bib. And, you know, the expo's huge. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, two floors. You get your bib on the third floor. And it didn't hit me till like, I got my bib. Like, oh, shit. I'm actually running Boston. And I kind of had, like, a mini panic attack. Like, oh, yeah. And they're like, do you want me to take a picture? And they took a picture of me as I've ever seen my bib. And I'm like, I got this panic face on. Uh, yay, but no. So, um, then the maniac picture. Am I just, at this point, like, you know, I got there at 9 uh, ish at the castle. Well, done with the Castle Island visit. Then by the time I walked there, it was like 10 ish. Time to get my bib was around 11 o'clock. The maniac picture was supposed to be around 12. So, um, decided, you know what, let me just hang out outside, you know, on Bolson Street until the maniac pictures, uh, do. So, uh, walked around, you know, had somebody take a picture of me touching the finish line. Uh, the day before, I actually took a picture. Somebody took a picture of me kissing the starting line in Hopkinton. You know, got to pay my pilgrimage. So, we, the maniacs get there. We do the picture. We start chit-chatting. And I'm like, okay, we can't cross the finish line because I'm superstitious. They're like, oh, yeah, some of us are too. I'm like, okay, well, let's start in front of it. So we stand there, we do the picture on the finish line, and everybody's like, oh, let's all snap, Snapchat, get our cell phones out. So every, so now, every, now the crowd's actually taking pictures too. Then um, the local news comes over and starts interviewing us, and, uh, you know, I tell them how it's my 50th, and, you know, it's on my anniversary of joining the club. And it's the last of my majors And I'm kind of like feeling better Like kind of in the zone uh, Again, you know, like not worried I mean, not remembering I have my bib in my bag And then the guy just goes So tomorrow is kind of a big deal for you, huh? And I'm just like Uh, nodding my head Like, yes, uh, yeah, I guess so Fucker I had to say that So then I started like kind of freaking out again uh, but Steve was there, a marathon freak. Uh, got to shake his hand for his accomplishments. I met number three. Um, Tony was there, the number three maniac. Um, now I only have to meet one and two, the Prez and Vice Prez. Then after the picture, you know, we uh, kind of all went our separate ways. So um, I went back to. I went back to uh, I walked back to my car And then I was like You know what Let me Make a reservation I had made a reservation At Dolce Vita 
which is the Italian place I went to last time. You know, trying to eat my pasta dinner. I didn't really want to go to the pasta dinner um, at City Hall because, you know, I was going to have to pay a lot for parking. And then, so I, well, I stopped at Wendy's first to get something to, uh, to eat for lunch, you know, before uh, 6 o'clock dinner res. So I walk back to my car, get in the car, go around the Bayshore area, kind of like, you know, take a tour around that. And then now it's like 4 o'clock and I'm like, okay, uh, let's start heading back towards downtown. And there's traffic and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I forgot the Celtics fucking played the Bulls, you know, that Sunday night. And I'm like, oh man, downtown's going to be packed. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not fucking going to Dolce Vita. Sorry. Sorry, guys. So, ended up getting pasta from TGI Fridays. But then on the drive back, I'm like panicking again. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm running Boston tomorrow. And I like slam on the brakes and some car almost hit me. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I'm freaking out too much. So, I'm like, what can I do to like unstress myself, chillax? And I remembered there's one tradition I wasn't upholding and that's to watch the Fast and Furious movie the opening weekend and I passed the movie theater and I'm like you know what it's it's 4.15 let's go see what time it starts showing oh look at that Destiny 4.15 so I get in there and you know I, I watch the movie and just think what would The Rock do and the movie was awesome. I don't know how Fast and Furious keeps up doing it, you know, upstaging itself. The Rock was hilarious. Jason Staten was hilarious. Roman, um, what's his name? Tyrese was hilarious. And I actually thought to myself, okay, how are they making Vin Diesel look like a badass in this movie? And then it turns out that he was actually a little bitch because he has an unborn baby with that came to this world via Elena who he slept with I guess at the end of the fifth movie before they found out that uh, Letty was alive I don't know if I'm, if I'm Letty I'm a little bit pissed that she has a baby with some other chick and that I'm like okay well they can't, he can't have a baby with some other chick and then still be with Letty so I, I knew Elena was gonna die and she did uh the Rock looks like a badass, obviously, in the movie. So then, you know, the movie had some quotes and it kind of, like, spoke to me because it kind of seemed like, oh, The Rock is talking to me when he's saying this. Ah. So I was super relaxed when I got out of the movie at 7. Uh, went back to the hotel, went to bed early. Race day, had to be up at 4. Get there by 5, gear check. Got on the Maniac bus. Which I'm glad that way I wasn't with the charity, uh, other charity buses, and we got there. We got on the bus. I met some other maniacs. We're exchanging stories. We get up there. The, the bus is not full. I'm surprised, like not a lot of maniacs used it. But I guess to each your own. We get there, and it's like not even seven o'clock when we get to Athletes Village, and it's at the high school. So like, how cool would it be that your high school? is the host of Athletes Village every year. 
that'd be awesome. But, uh, you know, we get there, and we're looking at four, maybe four and a half hours before my wave actually starts. And I'm just like, man, this is insane. Well, the gear check bag, you know, I put most of my stuff there, and that's but that stays at the finish line. They have you have a smaller plastic bag you can take with you, but that stuff has to stay up there. Like you can't bring it back because the charter bar says I'm not gonna take it back for you. So I was the last one of the maniacs on the bus that was uh, leaving the bus to go to the starting line. So Athletes Village is huge. Now it is like the entire football field and then some of the high school, like most of the back area of the high school is Athletes Village. It's got tents, it's got a lot of porta potties, it's got a lot of food, a jumbotron, somebody in the loudspeakers basically announcing when your wave is ready. And they march you, like as, as your wave is set, they walk you down to the starting line, which is a good 0.75 miles from the high school. So technically, if you think about it, I that day I ran, walked like almost 29.2 miles as opposed to 26 because you're walking around Athletes Village and walking to the start and then walking back to your car at the end. Yeah, that's insane. And everybody at the um, at the uh, Athletes Village, you know, was taking pictures of us with the maniacs, yay, asking questions. I was wearing my Destroy Excuses shirt, and that was a big hit during, you know, at Athletes Village and during the race. Being and and being on the charter bus uh, for the maniacs, you know, we got there and we were the first charter bus. I don't know why they told us, oh, the charter bus had to be there by uh, six forty-five. Clearly, that's a lie. All the charity buses including the one I was supposed to be on, all got there, like, after 7. So, I mean, I guess I would have gotten a little bit more sleep, but, hey, I didn't want to risk being anywhere near Loomis Boston on her charter bus. And uh, so, but then we walked around Athletes Village, took pictures, came back, stretched, got in on the bus, kept eating, exchanging more stories. And some of the, uh, some of the girls on the bus like the maniac girls uh one was a pt instructor she uh most of the people on the bus were from tacoma uh i forgot her name i think her name is jen but i'm not 100 sure uh she was there basically i it, it's just funny how no matter how good i am at what i do which is finishing marathons there's always stuff to learn like they were telling me all, about the course. They were telling me, you know, you should probably do this better, eat this, do that, like your nutrition. And this chick probably runs like a 310 on average marathon. And she's talking about her feet like it's fucking like gears of a car. Oh, yeah, I got to put it in neutral. I got to do this. I got to stretch this. And she's got tape. And she's doing like the KT tape. I'm like, um, holy shit. Like, yeah, it helps. And, you know, it it, it stretches out here. And it, it helps my calves. And it might be something I, I, would, I would look into. Because um, my calves give me issues 
like especially during Australian football practice. And she mentioned that she said, like, "Oh yeah, my boyfriend uh, went just went to Australia and he saw that." I'm like, "Wow, I can't believe you play." And I'm like, "Yeah, like it's hard to do both." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I'm trying to do both as much as I can." She's like, "Yeah, I mean, most people only do one, but I mean, that's that's insane that you want to do both." And so um, she was saying probably to like stretch the calves more because I'm basically. You know, building up my muscles with the sprints, but then also tearing them down with the marathon training. So it's kind of like you gotta, you gotta watch, watch out. You know, be careful. And also, she advised me to eat better and definitely lose more weight because otherwise it's gonna be a struggle. And I kind of agree. Um, so. At the athlete's village, you know, once... I, I mean, I ended up pooping like four or five times while I was there. Because, I mean, mind you, my wave started at 11.15. I didn't start leaving. Like, we weren't allowed to start walking towards the starting line until like 10.30. So, I got out, out the bus at like 10.15, got to the starting line. And then, you know, 11.15 comes along and we just take off. And it was hot as balls, I will say this. I mean, I don't know why the weather kept saying it was going to be 60 it was 72 uh, in the morning Sunday and it got up to 90 to the fact to the point I got a little bit sunburned uh, so I put a, more, a lot more sunscreen on day of the marathon I also somehow got a blister from walking around eight, eight miles on Sunday on my right foot but it was a tiny one um, I'm guessing because I used old shoes and so I could tell I'm like okay it's not bad I can walk on it so I popped it taped it no big deal good to go and then uh but yeah so it was like 90 degrees on sunday and then monday started off at like high 60s but then got up to 75 on on you know by the time the race was starting and my wave started 11 15 and so even if it took me four hours like i'm running during the hottest part of the day and it felt like 85 it sucked um i started you know going down the hill then the rolling hill start right away, and whoever says the Boston Marathon is downhill, they need to be shot and or you know drink some bleach because they're idiots. Yeah, the elevation goes down from 500 feet to zero, but it is not downhill. Like every time you go down, you go immediately back up, and then down and back up, down back up, down back up. There's some straightaways, but it's a lot of up and down, up and down, up and down, like rolling hills basically the entire way until you get to like mile 16 when the four biggest hills are there, you know, ending with heartbreak. And even after that, you know, there's still a few inclines. So, like, I don't, I didn't know what heartbreak looked like. So, I was just like conserving energy. And then, Joel, Joel owes me because hitting me on my ankle, my left ankle, at our last Australian Metro game, you know, took its toll, and then I rolled my ankle like a mile ten. Luckily, I took Biofreeze with me, the portable one that I got from Tokyo. Used that, and then you know, just toughed it out, kept going. Now, at mile thirteen, I finally found out, you know, that Runner's World uh, magazine with the fifteen feelings of. Um, the Boston Marathon. I would say most of it was definitely correct. Uh, but then I finally found out what number six and seven was. 
with the screen tunnel and the grab a smooch. Um, I thought it was actually a tunnel, but it's not. It's like a basically there's a women's college right there at uh, Wesley, and it's all female college, and they scream their asses off when you're there, and they tr- they basically all try and get you to kiss them. So. I'm there and I'm like in the zone, not paying attention, and some bitch just like grabs me like like one of those like mechanical claw um, toy machines at the you know at, at the Dave and Buster's, and I'm like whoa, and I swat her arm away, and I kind of like slow down, look over, and she's got like this sign that says "Kiss me, I'm nasty." Okay, number one. I wasn't going to kiss you to begin with, especially not if you try to grab me like that. Number two, definitely not after that sign. And three, you kind of look ugly. So no, if, if you're nasty as in like appearance, I agree. Yes, you are. No. Now, I don't know about what Massachusetts law says, but in Ohio, that's sexual assault. Trying to get somebody to make out with you against their will. So I immediately moved to the middle. I'm like, oh, let me keep going. I'm mile 16, you know, and I started off the race, I would say a bit, a bit dehydrated because of the G Fuel. So I had to consume a lot more water and then I kept throwing water on me. So every water station, I grabbed like two cups, one for me to drink and one for me to toss on my head. And that helped. Now, mile 16, they had like a, like a fire hydrant propped open to kind of sprinkle you like kind of like a like a fire hose well I didn't see it on the left side and then it drenched me from behind head to toe and it felt cool I will I will I will say that it definitely helped me and cooled me down but it also got my left foot wet and I was already kind of walking gingerly because of the rolled ankle and that eventually led to me finishing the race with a blister, a huge ass blister on my left foot too. But it's basically it was like two smaller blisters that kind of like circumference into one big one. And going up the hills and up heartbreak, it kind of sucked because I could tell like I was getting a blister. I contemplated stopping at the medical tent, but I figured, you know, if I sit down, I'm not getting back up. So I get the heartbreak. Now, mind you, the hill before heartbreak is almost as big as heartbreak. So that kind of sucks. But then heartbreak itself, I mean, it's bad, but I've had worse. Like there's this hill at the Flying Pig in Cincinnati that's worse. Pittsburgh Marathon's got a worse hill. And the one I did in Missouri was definitely worse too. Like those were hills like where you almost felt like you were about to crawl. That's how steep they were. Heartbreak is fine. Like, I ran up it. Like, I, I had conserved my energy to a point where I went from 9-minute miles to, like, about 11, specifically to have enough energy to run up heartbreak. I got to the top, and I told this guy, this guy holding a sign that says, you reach the top of heartbreak. I'm like, you guys need to change the name to One Night Stand because that was quick and easy. Thank you. Peace out. Then it's downhill. So it's kind of nice because you're going you're going faster like the last stretch. Um, now, it kind of felt like okay. Well, like after falling down and rolling my ankle, I'm out ten, and the blister and like all things that occurred. It kind of felt like the race 
was taking the role of the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons during the Super Bowl, and I was the Patriots. Like they, the race was beating me up through three quarters up until mile twenty-one, and then once we go down the hill after heartbreak, I'm like, okay, I'm finishing this, and I beat Boston. So going down the hill, I mean, the crowd is there, and then you're going through Brookline. There's one other bridge, like a mile 24, 25, where like it's way steep. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on, people. And then you go past the Sitco sign, and then you go down, and then there's a tunnel too. So you have to go under, down and under, and then up. So another incline. And it's insane. Like, not until you, and, and like the magazine said, you make that left turn on Bolston Street. And it feels like, oh my god, like, the world is cheering you on. And I get there, and I'm already, like, super in pain. It tears. I make that left turn, and it just, it, it is just deafening. Like, it's nothing like it. Like, it feels like you just walked into the Super Bowl. Like, about to play the game of your life. Everybody's around you yelling and screaming. Like, the race itself has about a million, like, Spectators watching and cheering you on. It gets insane. And I had to stop. I, I, at that point, I already, I was trying to aim for under five once I knew that PR was not happening. But then at that point, because of everything, I was already over five minutes. I mean, five hours. So I'm just like, as soon as I made that little I stopped and I just like soaked it in. Take it in, man. And so then I ran the last stretch, dropped to my knees as I got to the finish line, just kissed the finish line. I'm like, the pilgrimage is done. The Mecca's defeated. I have my medal. And I'm like, I need a medical tent now. They took me to the medical tent. It's like, oh, well, we can only tape your ankle. I mean, you can't do anything about the blister. I'm like, what? what do you mean you can't do anything? Pop it. They're like, well, there's no fluid in it. I'm like, what? How the fuck? And that's happened a few times before. I'm like, so it's just going to be dead skin eventually. Fuck this shit. Pop it anyways. Well, you know what? You guys are useless. I'll do it when I get to the hotel. Can we guys wheelchair me down? So I'm being... I use the wheelchair and they're taking me like... Somebody brings me my medal. They take me to, you know, my gear check. And then the head supervisor of the wheelchair people was like, Oh, you need to stay in your area you can't wheelchair this guy all the way over there i'm like um i see like 20 people with wheelchairs and they're all empty what does it fucking matter like isn't that the point of a wheelchair i can't walk how the fuck am i supposed to get to my car it's like a block up the road can you please take me to my car it's like fine we'll make an exception so she, i got my gear check my gear check bag took me to my car perfect everything was good and uh, then Brittany, you know, uh, Cassie's runner friend, a roommate that was running the race, was like, "Oh, let, can you let's meet up?" I'm like, "I'm not walking all the way back to Bolsa Street. Like, I'm going, I'm going to a hotel, changing, shower, and I'll meet up with you guys later." Okay. So, I will say this about the race: you can tell why it is the Super Bowl of marathons. It is. By far the hardest course of all the majors. The crowd support is insane. I, and I thought London was like well you know, supported and New York City too. Boston does not have a... Like 
the other two at least have a few sections where you can see that like, there's no support. Like the Rosano Bridge in New York City, there's like nobody turning you on on the side. And that's about a mile stretch. Here, like there's no part of the race where there's not people cheering you on. It's insane. Like it literally is the Super Bowl of marathons. And the course is super hilly. Like New York just got hill, you know, inclines too because of the bridges. But definitely by far the hardest course. And the rolling hills start right away. So I would not call it a downhill marathon. So let's calm the fuck down, people. So, um, yeah. Boston was complete. So I went back to the hotel, fixed my injury, kind of biofreezed and rewrapped it uh, myself, the ankle, and then poked some holes in the blisters cut like one on each side and yeah there was no fluid but I mean if you poke a hole like the air comes out of it and it kind of makes it easier to squash and just walk on I learned a while back that those kind of blisters like I used to rip the skin off and it sucks because then you can't walk on it because it's raw skin and it kind of sucks you have to wear more padding so I just popped holes in it made it easier to walk so um then uh, Brittany was texting me. He's like, oh, we're at, uh, we're at Max Brenner's. Uh, come join us. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. I mean, my hotel's like 40 minutes away. Let's calm down. So I knew she was with her parents. And she had invited me to chill with her after the race. So I'm thinking, you know, it's just her and her parents. But I get there. Now, mind you, I had to park at the garage, unfortunately. Ended up being 42 bucks. Insane. For two hours of parking. Yeah, no. Fuck that shit. But anyways. Oh, okay. What, the sacrifices you have to make, people. I swear. So I get there. And uh, there's more people that I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. Uh, apparently, she had some friends. Another, another girlfriend that uh, ran the race with her boyfriend. Some Indian guy that apparently was there on business. and But he's from Chicago. And he met up with them. And she had not seen them in like four years I'm like okay cool and some other friend that lives in Boston she's an attorney and whatnot, and likes the Patriots and blah 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 so they're like oh yeah we were tracking you and uh, you did so well blah 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 I'm like okay well thanks and like, I was talking about my accomplishments and whatnot. And they're like oh that's awesome you know you're definitely crazy running so many marathons I'm like yeah probably Brittany probably already told you guys and uh, her friend, the one that lives in Boston, it's an attorney, Michelle. Um, we're talking about like where I I've gone, and I'm like, you know, what the best Italian place I've been to here, and, and she goes, why? I'm like Dolce Vita. She goes, oh, I I love that place too. Oh, I I live two blocks from it, and I always go there. I'm like, yeah. And we were kind of like talking about the restaurant, and then talking about Tom Brady and how he's made me money, and how even though I'm not a Patriots fan, you know, you can't hate Tom Brady for being the go. And, and it's funny because I mentioned coming back up to Boston like two more times for my other races. I have to do Vermont and Maine. And she goes, oh, you know, we should hang and have drinks and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, it'd be fun. And I'm just like, okay. Um, sure. And I'm like, oh, you should give me my, you should, I should, you, know, you should give me your number. or I'll, I'll give you mine and, you know, we can hang next time you're in town. I'm like, uh, okay. She just hands me her number. Like okay, kind of 
caught me off guard, but alright. Um, and then Brittany ended up finishing in four hours and some change, uh, cause her quads cramped up. Uh, her friend finished in 336, which again, super fast. Like, the, and these are girls that are skinnier and faster and they run for speed. They don't, uh, do as many marathons as I do and they way better shape. And Brittany was like, oh, I did so, I did so. I went so slow I'm like It's a four hour marathon Let's calm the fuck down Like when you finish one In six and a half hours Then you let me know And they're like Well you have a blister How are you gonna do Salt Lake City On on Saturday I'm like Well you know what Better some Mexicans away I'll just tape it up I still plan on going to practice uh, You know the following Thursday So I mean I'm driving back tomorrow That's what I told them And uh, so That's That's where we're we're at right now on the way home, but yeah, I mean, sacrifices you have to do. So that's that. That was my Boston experience. I would definitely say I enjoyed it. I had fun. Oh, let's talk about fun topics that revolve around the race. So first things first, Little Miss Boston. Okay. So I actually sort of ran into her because... Like I said, she's a marathon maniac. She was doing it for charity too. So the charity, the buses at the Athletes Village were all parked in the same area. So we all were basically in the same VIP tent area in front of Athletes Village. So I saw her bus and then I caught a glimpse of her as she was waiting, you know, to use the porta potties. I'm like, I mean, I didn't say hi and I don't think she saw me. But then I also passed her. During the race Because I was a A corral behind her And uh, I also Believe I saw her Sunday At the finish line Before the Marathon Maniacs picture Which she was not a part of Mind you Um she was with some other people And she was there Just chilling And she I I tell it was her Because she Kind of Walks a certain way And uh, she always wears the same Boston jacket Which is that turquoise and pink one From a few years ago So um, But yeah no I don't think she saw me And that's And that's the thing that I want to discuss Is the things that she would do and say When we were sort of Seeing each other That I come to realize were like Complete nonsense Like that list has grown Like the last time I was there, I wanted to see Castle Island. She goes, oh, no, it's not fun. It's not interesting, blah, blah, blah. And plus, it's on the south side. It's a bad part of town. I'm like, it's the south side. It's the Haba. I mean, it doesn't look bad. I mean, if you think that's a shady part of town, then you haven't been to some shady places in, like, New York City. I mean, Columbus has shadier places than that. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, other than boats, I don't see how it is shady. Um, and then she would always, you know, complain about nobody supports her for her races, her job, you know, she hates her job and all that. And I'm like, okay, basically I, I understand that the only reason you do Boston is because your family basically fronts most of the charity money. For you to be able to do it Because you're nowhere near Close to qualifying yourself 
but yet you complain about your family, you complain about your job, yet these are people that are basically paying the $10,000 for you to do your marathon for six straight years. And even though, aside from the bombing, you didn't finish another one. So, yeah, you should not be complaining. And especially complaining about how shitty your life sucks and how you have no money when you have 27K in your bank account. So, and I can't do, I don't have time to do races. And then that leads me to, my next point is, I learned and found out that you are a terrible marathon maniac. Like, you never say anything on the Facebook page. You weren't even part of the maniac picture. Well, probably didn't even know about it. You hardly ever put up the results on the Maniac page. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't add your Boston results on there. I mean, normally it'd be impressive. If I ran Boston six times in a row, that's impressive. Mind you, that leads me to another point. If I, ha- if I, if I had ran Boston six times in a row, I would at least aim to do it right and have a decent time. Like, shitty times like that and basically like, walking and running most of her marathons and not finishing or like getting a fake medal for not doing a race yeah I mean I don't see you ever evolving into anything higher than bronze medal bronze level in the club which is level one or getting to the 50 states because I mean yeah you could do a marathon in 50 states but it'll take you forever like are you going to even do any more marathons like this summer and next fall? Like, it's, you do basically like two a year. Okay, great. So, if you're not even going to be involved in the club, like, why join? Just to say you can and. Okay, cool. I mean, mind you, if it weren't for me, you would have not finished your back to back. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, you would have probably still claimed your back-to-back. And you complain about your mother, but then she's the one that brags about how you do all these marathons. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit. She needs to, like, take a look at the Maniac page and see what real Maniacs are doing, you know, left and right. But anyways, aside from that, um, another thing I wanted to talk about regarding the race is kind of compare it to the other, the other, uh, majors. So, as I mentioned, clearly, Boston, there's a reason Boston's Boston and it's a Super Bowl. It's the hardest course. It's got the most, you know, supporters. New York City is a close, you know, second in crowd support. The course is probably the second hardest. I would give them that. Um, London's got a few bridges, so a few hills there. But, I mean, if, if you were to say, okay, well, which one, Mexi, is the best metal? I mean, I'm a little biased towards New York City and, and Boston because they're basically one and two on the totem pole as far as importance goes. So I would say Boston's my most prized medal. And I'm not going to take it off. 
and forever. So, but if we're going by design, I would have to say it is not Boston. It is Tokyo. Tokyo's medal that I have is the prettiest. But Boston's a favorite, hands down. Course-wise, you're talking about, okay, well, which Mexi, which course is the flattest? Well, I would say it's a toss-up between the new Tokyo, Berlin, and Chicago. Like, Berlin's got one bridge. Tokyo's got no bridges. Chicago's got no bridges. But I, I think Chicago and Tokyo have one or two. I mean, all three have one or two inclines. So, I mean, those are the three flattest. If you're going for a flat one, do any one of those. Which ones are the easiest to get into? Well, Chicago's lottery. Uh, I would say Chicago's the easiest to get into. Uh, and perhaps Tokyo second. Now, from a... Which one was had more better organization, better planning? Nah, I'd say it's a tie between Boston and, and New York. I mean, they're the Super Bowl and the championship game for a reason. I mean, they plan that shit out. But I will say the... I would I will give the nod to Boston about as far as planning because the whole Athletes Village experience is definitely way better than, you know, my experience that I had with the New York City Marathon. Mind you, it was cold, it was cold as fuck when I did New York and there, were, there was not that many tents or porta-potties as opposed to Boston. Now, Boston's in April, so it's more there's more of a chance of it being warm. But, I mean, I could see Boston sucking... If the weather had been like freezing cold Which is why I'm glad I got a bus Because yeah it was warmer So it wasn't that bad But if I had the bus And it was cold weather outside I would have definitely loved that Like that, that is definitely you know the way to go um, But that, that definitely Boston Obviously it's the most expensive one So I mean it makes sense Um I would also say as far as crowd support, Boston's one, London's second. And New, well, London and New York, I would say a tie for second as far as crowd support. Uh, Boston clearly first. And then Berlin and Tokyo tied for third or whatever. Now, I was happy to see that my gear check was actually the closest 10 for once to the finish line uh, now as far as swag goes like the kind of swag you get after the race um, well aside from the Boston Celebration jacket that you have to buy um, Berlin I would say had the best swag uh, the t-shirt that you get with your packet, the best one, I would, I would still say London. London's Adidas uh, shirt is the nicest. I mean, the co- color-wise, it fits perfectly. Uh, Boston gave us a yellow, bright yellow long sleeve shirt. God, I hate how they always give us long sleeve shirts. I don't like long sleeve shirts, and I hardly ever wear them. And, the, and yellow is not. A good, I mean, bright yellow is not something I would wear. Plus, it looks like a Michigan shirt because it's bright yellow. So, uh, definitely London's my favorite one. Um, 
I would say I'm trying to think Chicago, Tokyo. Um, oh, I'd have to see what the new Chicago one is when I do that one again in October. But I would say Chicago would be second. Uh, and overall, uh, yeah, my I mean because it's Boston. I would have to say, yeah, overall, it's my favorite race. But Chicago holds a place in my, a, you know, a place in my heart because it was my first. And New York, I love New York. I, I mean, in in retrospect, all six majors are, are awesome. Um, and you know, if you ever do all six majors, it's an accomplishment, and you get a special medal. And I will get that in Chicago when I have to redo it. So, I will. Finally, I mean, I've done all six of them. I've ran them, but officially to get the medal, I need to redo Chicago under my own name, which is kind of poetic because I'll come full circle. And it was my 50th marathon. Uh, Boston was my 50th, so it's it's an important one. You know, 50 marathons since 2012. So technically, it took me five years to do all six majors. But if you think really think about it. From the time I decided to actually run all six, you know, two years. And all of them, except Chicago, through charity. I do still want to see if I can boss the qualify. That'll be, you know, a goal to have and see if I can get there. But again, I have to lose a lot of weight. It's, I mean, hands down. It's just, it's, it's got to happen. Also, I mean, I, I, again, I gotta, I gotta say, it's funny how, like, nobody came with me, and how random strangers like just like help you out, and you know, you make friends along the way. Like, I, I'd never met Brittany prior to the race, so I mean, I, I knew she was Cassie's roommate, and we talked. I mean. Cassie gave me her number because we were going to change, you know, tips about running. And that's how we, you were doing Boston and how we met up on, on, you know, the, the evening on, after the race. And we had drinks. I had drinks with our friends and, uh, you know, they paid my drinks and wanted to pay my food. I'm like, oh, no, no, let me pay my share. Come on, guys. Um, and you know, and her mom and dad were were friendly, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we should have planned this better. You could have stayed with us." I'm like, "Yeah, I mean that would have been great. It would save me two hundred bucks." But hey, you know, it is what it is. It's fine. Thank you. And then her friend, a friend who gave me her number, Michelle, like, um, she wants to hang out the next two times I'm in town. So, and she lives right downtown. So she's probably gonna hook me up with stuff. I can probably stay at her place. Uh, when I when we come to Vermont and Maine, well Maine first and then Vermont, but then Vermont I'll be with the guys from the team, so it'll be cheaper. But then I'll be going to Vermont, so I if we carpool, they'll have to find a way back. But we'll see how that goes. And yeah, like it, it's it just it's funny because my cousin, uh, you know wrote on my wall congratulations you know you're an inspiration to most of us and you're a beast for doing what you do but you know he was on vacation and and i actually found out he got back sunday night and i'm like dude why see if we planned this better i would have left monday after the marathon 
and stayed at his place and then drove eight hours um, home. Crashed at his place. We could have done that. Um, Luis wished me a good luck on the race and he said he wanted to hang out the next time I'm in town. We'll see how that goes. Uh, he had to leave on, on, you know, business to Germany. But again, it, it just so happened that this time it fell on Easter weekend. So it's kind of hard to like make plans with people if like you got stuff going on and other plans or you don't put, you don't pencil stuff in in your calendar as priority. Um, and then my cousin, uh, Daniel, who lives in Boston, this time he was in town and again, couldn't see him because too busy getting drunk with his female friends. Um, and then obviously he, he lives right downtown, so he can't go anywhere for the Boston Marathon, but he's also not down on the streets cheering and knowing that I ran it. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of shitty, but at the same time, it's not like we're that close, so whatever, it is what it is, you know, I mean, again, we can blame that on uh, family, family quarrels and family issues, because my mom's side of the family, uh, we don't hang out with as many of them as before, because my mom likes to create drama, but that's a story, a different story for a different day, and I don't think I have all the facts to even do a podcast on that, so we'll see how that goes. We'll, we'll, we'll pencil that in for a later date. Anyhow, well, driving back from the race. But, you know, like I said, a door closes, another opens. Now I got to do the 50 states. See how fast I can get there. The next stop is Utah. I leave. So I come back um, Tuesday uh, evening. And then Wednesday, Thursday, work. And I leave Friday uh, for Salt Lake City, staying with Kelsey. I still have to get with her to see how we're going to plan that logistic, those logistics. Uh, but I did want to say thank you to everyone who has supported my running, my major marathon uh, quest. Thank you to everybody who has uh, congratulated me online or via message. Uh, I put my phone on do, on do Not Disturb in airplane mode you know, to save up battery, especially with the wait time on the charter bus. But when I turned it back on, I'm, I had like 20 messages. I'm like, holy shit. And a lot of people tracked me. Uh, Ashley wished me good luck and um, congratulations. And, you know, she's kind of... That's kind of funny because she kind of treats me like, uh, like her actual boyfriend. But we have not... I don't know how that goes. And then we got uh, Emily who did the same thing and she actually talked to me when I was freaking out too. So, um, yeah, like I said, like I said, the last podcast, a two-horse race, but hey, again, congratulations, Megsy. Yes, I know. I'm awesome. But, hey, thank you everybody for the support. Thank you everybody for the kind words. Um, and, you know, We'll see where this goes. You know, I gotta do 50 states. Like, this is... It kind of feels like I had a huge weight that was lifted off my shoulders. But now, I gotta do 50 states. I'm over halfway there. So, but we'll see. We'll see how long it takes me. It'll be, le- it'll be less stressful. Alrighty. Well, now I have all six majors under my belt. And that is today's podcast. 
Stay tuned next time. We'll have more for you. More entertainment for all to enjoy. But anyways, thank you so much, guys. And um, I'll see you next time. Bye.